questions. Hey, hey. what's up, guys? Anna. Hi. Oh, my gosh. Uh, all the technical difficulties today, but we got it taken care of. Oh, I'm podcasting joined... woes. Podcasting yeah. woes. Yeah. Uh, it's Anna Valenzuela, and I'm joined here today with... Alex, Alex Young. Alex Young. And we have our guest today. How would you like to identify yourself? How about Alonzo Bowden? Oh. We'll go with the name. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. Yeah. if you don't know ooh, the name, ooh. you know the voice. Exactly. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Uh, we have Alonzo Bowden here. I'm so excited. I am so excited. Thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> All right. No, yeah. no worries. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. We're asking some questions. Okay. Um, cool, cool, cool. So, um, as you know, this is like a, we're telling, we're asking 12 questions from a recovery perspective. Right. Right. So, the first question is, uh, how do you experience surrender? Um, Sometimes, well, early in sobriety, you're beaten into surrender. Right. Even walking in, <laughs> right. you're beaten into surrender. And over time, what, what happens is we say that it just takes fewer. You bang your head into the wall fewer times. That's yeah. all. You just learn. You know, it just takes less pain for you to say, all right, let me try this a different way. Yeah. Um, so that that's pretty much it. I mean, you let you let things happen. You learn. I think over time you learn more and more about what you don't have control over. You know, which is most things. I mean, you have control over yourself. You have control over the situations you get into. But a lot of times, especially in this business, you know, you Mm. put it out there and you let it go because you can't control it. You don't know who's on the other side of the table or in the office or whatever. So you just learn to do that. Yeah. So much of what we do seems very arbitrary. So I'm sorry. So much of what we do seems the decision making seems arbitrary and very out of our control. Yeah, I've um. I've been lucky enough to be on the other side of the table once or twice, but I know quite a few people who are on the other side of the table, directors, producers. And it, this is when I learned how to let, how you have to let it go. A friend of mine was directing an Aaron Spelling show and he cast it and all of that. And then he got a call and it was like, somebody called him and said, listen, Aaron's friend needs to make his health insurance. You know, you got to make X amount of dollars to get yeah. health insurance. So he's going to star in this week's episode. Click. <gasps> and that was it. So Damn. you think the other guy, whoever was cast for that right. role, loses the role, right? But they don't know what happened or what, you know what I mean? Right. So so that's when I learned, yeah, you don't know what is happening on the other side of the table or right. why. And, and I have a friend who, he's a character actor, does tons of stuff. He's done over a hundred movies. I don't know how many commercials, blah, blah, blah. And he said, listen, man, usually when you walk in the door, they know because it, if, because in his case, like being a character actor, it's a look, right? So it's, so like yeah. he plays the blue collar guy. He might be a cop. He might be a plumber. He might be, you know, a, a short order cook or whatever. And, and he walks in and when you see him, you're like, yeah, that's him. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. so damn. So you learn to let these things go because you can't control them, and it's frustrating. So you know, sometimes it gets to you, but yeah, and that that's in the business life, and in, in other things, in you know, money, um, relationship, and stuff. Same thing. Experience teaches you what you can and can't control. Right. That's amazing. Did you get sober while doing this career? or No, you- no. I started comedy at five years of sobriety. So I've wow. been sober right my whole career. Right on. Um, Twelve for me. Yeah. 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 So I, yeah. Never been on stage drunk so far. <laughs> right on. That's amazing. That's amazing. Do you feel like it um, added to sort of your... <sighs> Sort of how do you think it, it helped you to be sober first getting into it? Yeah, or? yeah. I mean, it, it's um, creativity uh, wise. I think you know, there's an illusion that I'm people. I'm more creative if I'm loaded, right? Mm-hmm. And like you I've talk never. to people who've gotten sober, particularly musicians. Yeah, and they'll tell you like, yeah, I thought that was the case, but it's not. And you know, I um, I, I have a friend, Lenny who's uh, been a comic for, I'm going to say, over 30 years. Lenny's been in the biz forever. And he's been sober, I don't know, probably maybe 10 years now or something like that. But years ago, I bumped into him and he said, uh, I bumped into him at a sober event. And he's like, you're sober. And I said, yeah. He said, long time. I said, yeah. He said, <laughs> now I know why you would just watch me. 
because he'd yeah. be coked out and he'd be crazy. And it was, just, and he said, "You never reacted. You just watched me. You were always cool." He said, "Now I know why. You know, <laughs> it, it, sobriety helps." So yeah, I um, you know, and I avoided a lot of uh, a lot of problems. I'd yeah. say. Mm-hmm. How is how is entertainment tested your sobriety? Because I I was on the phone yesterday with my sponsor and we were going through like back to basics ways to kind of like recenter myself mm-hmm. because this has definitely been it's been a, a big change. So how how did you? It doesn't it doesn't affect my sobriety. Um, I was just talking with somebody about this recently. You know, there's um, I don't have any temptation. I didn't yeah. miss anything. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. so. So I know it's not a solution. Like I've been loaded, you know, I, I went through the whole thing in the 80s, right? Through through alcohol, weed, cocaine, crack, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. All the so, fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like I'm thinking like, man, if I could have a Smirnoff ice, <laughs> everything would be just fine. You know, I, I mean, not, because here's the, one of the funny things that happens when you're sober a long time, right? You, I call it full circle experiences and you see and experience things that you had never, that you remember from early on. So like Alex was talking about the fact I've been sober almost as long as he's been alive. I speak at young people's things as I meet a lot of people. I've been sober longer than they've been alive. Right. Then when I got sober, I remember the old timers talking about stuff they had never done or yeah. never heard of. There were there were drugs, there was alcohol. So now I'm like that. You know what I mean? Like I've never done Molly. I've never done <laughs> DMT. Was I've the never one drank for me. any of these yeah. fifteen flavored vodkas they have uh, now and no all of that stuff. No four locos. But you know, yeah, never four locos. But <laughs> but you know something? It's not like it's going to be different. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be anything new. Yeah. So the frustrations of this business, you know, it may get you may get suicidal. That's <laughs> but but oh, getting yeah. loaded, nah. Not it, exactly. it just and and the reason and I'm not immune. I, I'm aware of not you know I'm aware of that. But it really doesn't tempt me as a solution because I've been there, done that, and yeah. and you and in sobriety you reach a point where it's no longer a solution. You hear people talk about it in meetings all the time where it's just not an option. It just doesn't you know. Yeah. It's not not going to work. Exactly. So, exactly. so it's not a temptation. I'm around alcohol all the time. Yeah. I know people, you know, now weed is legal. And um, as my friend Rich says, he's like, man, stuff they smoking now, this ain't the weed we had now. No. You take one yeah. hit, boom, there goes fifth grade math. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that joke of his. But, that's great. But there's no temptation because we've been there. Yeah, that's true. What was your most insane moment either in or out of recovery? Ah, well, I can't, you know, it. listen, almost 30 years, so it's hard to remember moments. There have been a lot of moments of insanity. Um, obviously, being out there, I don't, it's not insane. It's the worst moments are toward the end. Yeah. You know, that's when it's just, it's just bad. The whole existence is bad. Right. Um, I tell people I lived $20 at a time. That was my life. Yeah. Because it was all about getting the next hit. You know, in sobriety, probably the most insane period I went through was at 10 years of sobriety. I was in a really bad relationship situation of my own making. Yeah. And um, it would, you know, there were others involved and it was just disastrous and it was somewhat public because they were in recovery also, you know, and that's when AA is a really small town. Mm. I went uh, through that too at like six, seven years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was a... um, that was probably my worst time. That's when my current sponsor, I asked him to be my sponsor. And he was like, yeah, you were on your way out. He was like, you couldn't keep doing what you were doing and yeah. stay sober, which he was probably right. So that would be, yeah, that was my most insane time. Wow. How did you pull out of it? Uh, just working with him, working more on my relationship with self. Yeah. Working more on my emotional sobriety because the physical and mental, the physical sobriety came first. That was pretty yeah. easy for me. I was lucky with that. Mental sobriety came, you know, over the first few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the emotional part, you know, I still work on that. That's been the most difficult part. Right. So. Right. I don't want to use anymore, but I do occasionally want to throw th- throw things and yell. Yeah. And that yeah. is not emotional sobriety. And right. I can't, because, and I can't do that and stay clean. Well, feelings are, um, 
they can be powerful. Yeah. And then when you're sober, they're more powerful because you're more in touch with them. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm a you know of a different generation than you guys. I'm definitely the end of the men don't show emotion. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it still exists now. There's still yeah. you know more pressure on men to write to not be emotional. But, yeah. But yeah, coming c- men don't. So you you have to learn these things and you have to learn to deal with these things. And the default is anger. Yeah. Because as a man, that's the one emotion you're always allowed to show. Mm-hmm. So you you know so those those are the kind of things that I've had to work on. What um, is the anger usually covering up? Well, it it covers up whatever. It could cover up uh, fear. It can cover up pain. Um, it can cover up confusion. Right, not knowing yeah. uh, things like that. But but yeah, it's all it's all covered. And the interesting thing. The women of the of recovery are the ones who helped me the most with it, because they were never scared of me. Yeah, you know. Uh-huh. So I, I mean, I'm a big guy, and I used to be very angry, and people would be scared, but the women were never scared. They always saw it through it. Yeah. So that that's uh, I'll always owe them for that. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, and it keeps my sobriety in check. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, hey, what's going on? You good? Mm. Uh, like, ah, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> What is your, um, with the third step sort of decision-making process in mind, mm-hmm. how do you make decisions in your life? Well, you you know, you turn it over. Um, I do it literally in prayer, turn it over, and then you take it back. <laughs> and then you turn it over again. And, you know, that's, that's what you have to do. To me, that's what you have to do. I mean, again, it's not, no step is perfect. I wish I could say... I turned over my will in my life, all of my problems, everything, and I just sit back and wait for the most spiritual answer. But that's not true. You get caught up right. sometimes. Um, fear takes over, you know, um, like it talks about in the book, fear of not getting something or fear of losing something you have. Right. Th- those get in the way. Um, like we were talking about earlier, attempts at control. So step three is like all the others, but, but definitely a continuous process. And I try to do better at it. I try to do better at turning it over and not taking it back, at letting it go and sitting back and allowing things to happen the way they're supposed to. And that that can be tough when it's unknown territory. Yeah. That's amazing. That's the first time I've heard it pull like that as far as like praying and then getting it back and then sending it back out again. That's that's amazing because people say, you know, uh, faith without action is um, what's... Faith, faith or, without works is dead. Yeah. Faith without works is dead. Yeah. And, and there's a thing, you know, my sponsor does it sometimes. You hear it a lot from people, from sponsors and so on. They're like, don't tell me a problem without having a solution. Or don't come to me. He used to say, you can't tell me the same problem three times without doing something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, I've you know. gotten that one. That's a that's a yeah. real one. Like, okay, mm-hmm. so we've had this conversation about three or four times. Uh, when when are you going to get into solution? Here's right. are you are you willing to hear my you know my ideas on solution mm-hmm. and select one because yeah. you need to do a thing. <laughs> you know, you need to do something different. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. And another part of turning it over, and uh, my first sponsor taught me this is trusting experts. Yeah. Like there are experts. So, like, if you have financial problems, go to an accountant. Mm-hmm. They, that's what they do, you know. And and if you you know, and that is that makes a lot of sense, you know. If if you have a problem and there's someone with expertise in that area, turning it over can be asking them for their help or their advice or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very humbling. And yeah. then doing it. That's yeah. the thing. And then you got to do it. Then you got to do the thing. That's amazing. What's been the most surprising thing you've learned about in this experience? In sobriety? Mm-hmm. Well, the comedy, my comedy career, would, without a doubt. Because when I got sober, I was an airplane mechanic. I okay. never had any thoughts or dreams of being in the entertainment business. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I grew up wanting to be a comic or anything. And it came about, I always had a sense of humor. Uh, but my sense of humor changed. It became less of a tool of separation. I, I always say to guys who I got sober with, they laughed at me until I could laugh at myself. That's beautiful. And it changed. It changed the way my sense of humor went. And then I started working as an instructor, 
And I found I'm comfortable in front of a group. And that was like a latent talent that I had that I didn't know about public speaking. Mm -hmm. So right. those two came together and I started my comedy career. But it, I never would have guessed it if you'd have asked me, you know, when I got sober, what are you going to be when you grow up? I wouldn't have known. Right, right. You know? Just crushing it on the airplane mechanic circuit, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I had a similar experience. I had no idea. I didn't have the self-esteem to dream this big until I worked the steps a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it's, people kept telling me I should try stand-up, I should try stand-up, and then it happened. And I was like, oh, wow, what a great gift of my recovery because that's something I would have never done. I was, you know, when I was using, I would sit on the couch and dream about all the things that I, you know, I would tell you about how big my life was going to be and never do a thing. And then I found in recovery that if I wasn't, it's that faith without action thing. Yeah. I had a lot of faith and not a lot of action mostly because there was no self-acceptance. Mm -hmm. So the steps restored that self-acceptance and then everything changed, you know? So I think that's beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. I've never met in another person like that who got who got clean and sober first. <laughs> yeah, there's there's I guess I am I can't think of many, but no one's unique in sobriety. So there there has to be someone. There's else. always another person. <laughs> yeah, there has to be someone. We found else. a man. Uh... Yeah, so exciting. <laughs> That's awesome. What did you? What would you say your level of self honesty is? Um, or your level of high, honesty in general? Pretty high. Um, ninety, ninety-five percent. Um, yeah. You well because over time you just you learn it, right? You yeah. learn. But the the um, this self honesty, but self awareness can be a separate thing. So I don't see myself the way other people see me. Right. Others see me better than I see myself. Right. You know, yeah. I tend to take on a negative and so on. And that's um, that's a thing in my nature that I have to be aware of and work on. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But but honesty, you know, yeah, you, you, it's easier. That's the other thing you learn. And that takes that took a long time. That took some years and so on, because lying was something I was very good at right. as a survival mechanism. And then you learn it's easier to tell the truth. It's easier to be honest. Um, right. Taxes. I went through three payment plans before it was like, you know what? Just go ahead and pay the taxes up front. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know? and, and those are the kind of things that, yeah, you so. So like everything else, it's a process and you learn, you know, um, it it gets tiring trying to live the bullshit and uh, and you know you can lie to yourself but you really can't right you, right you know and another thing and I think this is something you learn when you're new people are like why do I have to write it down because you tend to not write lies right you can think lies you can say lies but but when you're writing about yourself like you're not going to pick up a pen and paper. And write lies. Damn, that's so true. You just, you know, you just, it's like an, an exercise in futility. You, yeah. You're just, even if you want to do it, you, you can't. The it's, truth comes out. And I think that's part of why the process involves writing. Yeah. Yeah, it's so important. I, I throw my book like six, seven times as I was going through the steps. I was like, this isn't true. Ah! And then I was like, oh, okay, I got to finish the steps or else my sponsor is going to be pissed at me. <laughs> not even pissed. But I'm going like, to like, give you a little secret about that. Hmm. No, he's not. Yeah. Yeah. No. True. Yeah. You know why? He'll stay sober. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be okay. That's right. You know, that, I love, that is a funny thing, you know, when, you, when you're new. Yeah. Oh, my sponsor. Blah, right. blah. It's like, nah, nah. If they're if they're a good sponsor, their life doesn't revolve around you. <laughs> what? Right. They'll 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 care, but they'll they'll get over it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's amazing. That's. What would you say your level of like? How do you deal with fear and anxiety in your life? Uh sometimes it it is well. Ultimately, you have to walk through it. It's just a matter of how yeah. long it takes to do that. Yeah. So I've been going through a situation recently that involved a lot of fear and I talked to a few people about it and it is something that I will walk through. One of the best things I heard when I was new, this guy said, you know, we always talk about being fearless and blah, blah. He said, you're never going to be fearless. You got to learn to do it scared. Yes. And that was, wow. a, I thought that was a great, I've, I've held on to that Damn. all through my sobriety and 
there's been a thousand times I've done it scared. Yeah. So you just, because you have to do it, right? So, right. so in this situation, yeah, I've been, that I'm dealing with, I've been talking to people and, um, and I tell them, look, I'm scared. And it, it is at times, I won't say paralyzing, but close to it, but I still take the steps to get this thing done because I have to, you know Good. what I mean? I've committed to it and I got to do it and it'll, it'll play out the way it's supposed to. And the truth is things have been falling into place. So I shouldn't be scared because things have been falling into place to kind of let me know, yeah, this is meant to happen, but it's still unknown territory and it's an area where I've had bad experiences. So there's still fear involved. Wow. But you're brave and you're walking through it. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately you do. You know, because what what other choice do you have? Yeah, and also the, the I find that when I when I listen to that fear and I don't do the thing, I regret it way more than if I didn't. It's that whole man in the arena speech. I'd rather be the person covered in you know marred and mm. you know blood and sweat and, and and dust, and I'd rather fail trying than not uh, not trying at all. So that's amazing. Yeah. I'm so I'm so glad you're going through that in a way. Like, I'm sorry for the fear, but I'm glad that you're facing it. Yeah, that's like when people say oh, about relationships or, oh, I, I don't know when I'm ready for a relationship. I don't know when I'm ready for a family. I don't know when I'm ready for this or that. It's like, no one's ever ready for anything. You just got to do it. Yeah. And that's just like when you go on stage, right? You're never like truly, truly ready. You're like, oh, this is, I'm 110% ready for this. No, there's... See, now I don't have that problem. <laughs> I, seriously, I don't. Um, the stage is the most comfortable. There are two places I'm totally at home, on stage and on a motorcycle. I'm, oh, wow. I'm fine. I, could think, I don't think about it. I'm in the moment. The only time I'll have some apprehension is doing something new for the first time, a yeah. new room or mm-hmm. a new whatever. But even when I was doing Last Comic Standing... You know, my my last thought, what I would always tell myself before I went on, is like, it's just a set. Yeah. It's just five minute set. I've done five minute set before. I ain't gonna be scared to do five minutes. You know, now if I said, you know, it's just a set that 10 million people are watching and, you know, six figures are on the line, then it then it gets big. Yeah. Then you get nervous, but it's like, no, nah, it's just a set. Yeah. So, you, you know, one of the ways you deal with fear is make it smaller. Yeah. Wow. Like it's, but but going on stage, I'm usually anxious to get on stage. Right. And I love the challenge sometimes of not knowing what I'm going to say. <laughs> Just go up there and let's see what happens. But but that also, again, it comes with experience. It comes with doing this for a long time. Right. You know, yeah, when I was new, when I was new at comedy, there was always nervous apprehension. And you need that first laugh to <sighs> exhale yeah. and stuff. But. But after you've been doing it for years and years and years, then you look for other challenges. Yeah, I like that. Mm. That's amazing. That was I. I was doing when I did roast battle. I was doing. Uh, my sponsor showed up to the taping, so sweet. And I ended up uh, doing some yoga backstage, like against a wall. And that was the weirdest thing that happened. It was like once the doors opened and I walked out. I was like, oh, I'm here, and it just felt like any other room. Mm-hmm. It was just lights and people I couldn't really see. And I was like, okay, here we are. Yeah. Yeah, just me and God, let's do this, you know? So that's that's amazing. That's when you when you go on stage now, it's not, it sounds like like you just is it like a higher power thing or are you trying to listen to your creativity when you get on stage or is it more No, I can't think about it that much. Um Shapes in space, like Mike a Tyson. A guy gave me an adv- mm-hmm. advice a long time ago. He said, Never think on stage. Yeah. So once you hit the stage, either you know it or you don't, and either way, you're going to do it. Yeah. So, so I don't really think on stage. Um, sometimes I do, obviously, certain sets you do, but the the I don't consider. I don't sit there and think, okay, I'm going to be God conscious in this set. <laughs> I've been trying that. I've been like, just, all right, God, you come with me. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> you know, I just Jesus I, take the wheel. Just, it's just what I do. Yeah. I'm I'm connected because I love it so much and I'm so in the moment. Yeah. And I um, you know, I believe at my best I believe God is creativity. Yeah. If it, do you ever have you ever read The Artist's Way? Yeah, yeah, That's I that did whole it thing. years ago. But you know, the thing about um and and Alex texted me some questions about higher power and God. I was brought up in a Christian church, mm-hmm. a Lutheran church. That's imprinted on you at a young age. 
Okay. And anything imprinted on you, I think psychologists say up until five years old, yeah. it stays with you. Oh. So the idea of changing your conception of God, it's said much easier than it's done. Right. You know, if you're raised, you know, you, you hear people all the time, like, I'm a Reformed Catholic or whatever, right. joking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, if you went to Catholic school all through elementary, junior high, high school, whatever, that's a lot of training to change, change if yeah. you need to change it. Not everyone mm-hmm. does, but if you do, it's a lot to change. And, and it takes, you know, I find it takes... It's taken a lot of reading, The Artist's Way being one of the books, and different spiritual books, and so on. And that's why I say, at my best, it's mm-hmm. creativity. But I'll still slip into the old, you know, punishing old man in the sky mm-hmm. yeah. type of God, because that's what you're. I was brought up with. So it, it was imprinted pretty heavily. How do you turn it off? Uh, consciousness. 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 Mm-hmm. Consciously saying, you know, I, for me, it's a saying, creative spirit. That's that's the conscious okay. change. That's beautiful. Damn, I'm glad I was raised Buddhist. Yeah, yeah, that is a that is a much a much more. I didn't know you were moment. raised Buddhist. Yeah, raised raised Buddhist and found religion not until college, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Let me try that for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then I was like, nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, you can't knock religion because it works for a lot of yeah. people, but. This doesn't work for me. Yeah. Too many rules. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's how what character defects do you find you have to work on the most? Um that's that's a tough one. I can't specifically. Um I put up walls. So that's one. Um you know, uh let's see. See, the the big stuff is easy, like, you know, being honest and showing up and stuff like that. But but the it's the relation, it's the personal relationship one. So, yeah, it's putting up walls against people. It's um, like I said, fear and um, self-loathing self would be a lot, you know, so a lot of self. Um, The nature of a comics life, we fly solo. We do. I do. So many things alone, spend so much because it's what I do, and I've right. never been married. Um, as Lewis Black famously said, I'm married to this shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you so so interacting with others and getting out of self is a tough one, but it's something I do. Yeah, um, some impulse control, but I you know that one's weird because I've been fortunate enough to make enough money to do things on impulse but not hurt myself yeah mm. so that's that's good but uh financial responsibility that was you talk that's a big one where i turned it over i don't yeah. like finances i don't like dealing with all that stuff and i have a business manager who i love who does all of that for me that's and, amazing. and in my case for me it's worth what i pay her to do all of that now some people are like what i'm not gonna pay somebody to handle money but yeah. to me it's so worth it because i just it's not that i can't do it i just don't like it i don't like being bothered with it and yeah. the whole thing is like yeah just you know every month did i, did I make more than i spent good yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's sort of the level i'm operating on i have a friend in the program we went and saw a movie last night and he always jokes he says i can't wait until you make enough money so because i'll because he can tell that i'm like working hard and i work like crazy hard and he's like when you make enough money so i can be your accountant or your business manager we got this and i was like awesome <laughs> well, long before that happened i decided you're talking about making a decision i decided i wasn't going to let bookers control my life Ooh. Uh, right in my heart and what I'm, what I'm, <laughs> that's a dream that's well, a dream right there baby well it you know the reality was i was making money I didn't necessarily know that I was going to. Right. But it but it always happened. You always, yeah. So I just said, I've never you know gone without. I'm not going to not, you know, I'm not going to not buy a car because I'll never work again. Or I'm not going to not buy this or do that because I will work again and I will be able to pay the bill. Mm-hmm. And again, not, not extravagant, right? I'm not going to, you know, be five years in a comedy and buy a Bentley. Right. You know, my, <laughs> my last name ain't Wayans. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
No, I mean, listen, listen. If you yeah. got family that will guarantee you getting work, I ain't mad at you. Good yeah. for you. Yeah, you good, yeah. good for you. Right. But, That's not but, the case here. Yeah. But I wasn't going to not live because of comedy bookers. Right. You know, or or whatever. And I don't do a lot of TV or film, but it's tougher in that business. But I know guys like that. I know guys who do. TV shows and they somehow just have confidence they're going to get another one. Wow. You know, I mean, it, it, well, I mean, this isn't out of the blue. They have yeah. a track mm-hmm. record. They've exactly. been working. They know. It's they're not tactics. like I'm just going to, you know, again, it's not, there's a line between faith and irresponsibility. So I'm not talking about creating irresponsible debt, but like, like Alex was talking about getting married and having kids. If you're waiting for a steady job in entertainment before you have a family, <laughs> Well, you're never going to have a family. No. You know? Yeah, that's true. Unless, you know, unless you, even, even if you strike it big, right? Even if you're on a series or something like that, there ain't no guarantee of syndication. That's true. Yeah. You know, there's always another level you got to, so you just go. Exactly. And we got a friend of ours, uh, Pat Barker, who just became a father. And he was just like, no, I'm just, I made enough money on this writing gig. I'm just going to have a kid and we'll see, mm-hmm. you know. Show got canceled, and but then somehow, some way, things just started falling in line, and now he's got everything he need, needs for his kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people want to wait for the horse in front of the carriage, but I'm like, hey, sometimes you got to do the, it the other way around in this business. Right. And just manifest it. It's that way in every business. I, mm-hmm. I hate to say it, because when, when I worked in treatment, it'd always be like, well, I can do this in my life when I have this. I had a mean case of the, like, when I have these things, I'll be able to do all this other stuff, and my life will be better. And the truth is, is I've gotten all of those things, and my life is still life on life's terms. Right. And on top of that, um, I've never gone without, even when I took yeah. the risk, even if I didn't know what was going to happen. It's like, yeah, anyway, like I said, anyway, if you work at an office, or factory or something you're hoping for that promotion or you're hoping right. for that year-end bonus or whatever it's it is what it is yeah everybody everybody our has businesses to we have less security because we don't we're not in a meritocracy no mm-hmm. thank you so. for that because i hear a lot of comics are like try to make they try to make it fair in their minds they're like well if i do this and this i'll get this and nope. that hasn't been my experience <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's like that for some, and then for others, it's just lucky, right place, yeah. right time. I don't know how long you've been in this game. Um, there are fads, right? Yep. You come along at the right time in the right fad, you know, whether it be an ethnic group or, or women or sexual orientation or whatever, right? Right. TV, somebody told me a great line about television. He said, television is a race to be second. <laughs> and it is right that's the big race so you that's have true. somebody comes up with a new sh- like will and grace yeah right? and then so that's a, so now everybody we need a gay guy we need a gay guy we need a, and every right. network has to find a gay guy yeah right or 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 an indian guy or or a whatever you know what right. i mean um or nerdy a guy a few years ago i was i did jokes about it i laughed about it i was like I had no idea it was so hard for young white women to make it in the city. (laughs) Because every show, it was girls, two broke girls, the bitch in apartment B, blah, blah, blah. Every show, these young white women, I was like, well, if they can't make it, what chance do the rest of us have? Exactly. But but that's how TV works, right? Everything is so, so yeah. So you could be lucky enough to be that person yeah. And then just jump to the head of the line because they're looking for you right, right. now, you know. Right. And then you have people, Tiffany Haddish, who I, I absolutely love. And I've watched Tiff from when she was a, a kid at the Laugh Factory. I'd be like, wow. They think Tiffany Haddish started doing comedy last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Tiff's been doing it damn near 20 years. Tiff just, she started ridiculously young. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's always been honest as a, as like, comically honest and open and working her ass off and now she's a movie star exactly. and and those of us who've watched like at the laugh factory alex and i were talking before you got here about the laugh factory that's my home it's like we're all watching our little sister Aww. that's the feeling it's like we are watching Aww. our little sister they, blow they up chills and, that's beautiful. and it's fantastic to watch that's amazing know? and i love that you see that and it's you celebrate it 
mm-hmm. like where we're at right now, sometimes you'll hear people treat other people's successes as a loss of their resources. Yeah. That's what yeah. I find. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> well, we go through that too, you know? And, and the thing about that, what you learn over time is you can be angry or resentful. Just don't let them know it. Mm. <laughs> Do it in private. Yeah, okay. yeah. Then you get with other comics. And you, can you believe this son of a bitch? <laughs> Are you kidding? This is the most unfunny son of a bitch I've ever seen. Everybody you know, enter through the door. Hey! No, oh, no, not no. that. You just get it out of your system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get you it out of your it. system. Because when if you carry that into the meeting or into the whatever, yeah. then you hurt yourself. I, I know comics whose careers have stalled because they are considered angry or difficult to work with. Right. And you don't want that rep. Right. Right. That's amazing. There's, yeah, I find that I'll occasionally have to call my sponsor and she'll just be like, well, that's great for that person. That has nothing to do Mm -hmm. with you, but it's great. Isn't it? And I'll be like, yeah, it, it helps me to, I find that even if I'm behind closed doors, if I'm just talking with Alex or something, just thinking that way is just cancer to my, my creativity. I have to stop. I have a, a friend, sadly, passed away last year. His name was Kenny Bob Davis. Old school, country western guy, funny as shit. Oh, fun. And Kenny used to say sometimes, well, you know, just not your day. Yeah, God's working on someone else today. Maybe, <laughs> maybe tomorrow's nice. your day. Oh, I love but that. But God's working on him today. So, you know, come back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. That's so fun. How do you, you know, you, you're so calm, you're maximum chill from the moment I walked in here. You're just very calm, very serene. I don't know how it feels on the inside, but on the outside, very yeah. serene. And you look great too. Yeah. Man. <laughs> man. Oh, like OG fucking Alonzo Bowe, man. Looking good. You got to glow. Are you going to go to the gym after this? I am. I am. You're flexing so hard right now and you're not even trying. it. <laughs> what is, how do you experience forgiveness on a daily basis? Um, I learned forgiveness by being forgiven. When I went through that relationship thing, I told you about um, one of the women involved who I cheated on and lied to and blah, blah, blah. A few years later, she got married she had a baby, something, you know, she always wanted to have it. And she yeah. called me and she called me and told me she had a baby and she was happy and blah, blah. And all I could think of was that I can't believe you forgave me on this level, like after what I put you through. And that taught me a lot about forgiveness. My sponsor gave me an exercise to write down friends' names and their defects. And he said, if you can accept them with their defects, how come you can't accept yourself? What's your e- and, yeah. he, and he pointed out it's ego because mm-hmm. you're holding yourself to a higher plane. So you have to learn to forgive. The hardest thing, and I tell new people this, forgive yourself. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. hard to do, but you got to, it's something you got to learn. And, er, you know, I learned it late in sobriety. The earlier you learn it and the more you work on it, the better off you'll be because you won't carry all this weight of guilt and, and um, self-loathing and, and blah, blah, blah. So that was, yeah, the biggest experience in forgiveness was being forgiven. That's beautiful. Mm. How young were you when you got sober? I was 26. Oh, that's amazing. Which at that time was young. Now they're yeah. like, man, you waited that long? Yeah, I was... Now they get sober at like nine. Yeah, it feels like it. <laughs> I know. It feels like days. it. I'm like, mm. what the fuck are you doing? Jesus. I, I was Bad 20 parenting. and I met, I started working with kids that were getting sober at like... 15 16 years old and now i see him on like in like movies and on tv and stuff because it was one of those those like highfalutin rehabs and uh it just blows my mind i'm like i feel behind the curtain i have a friend she got sober at 17 she's been sober 30 something years now around and she said bad planning just bad no i didn't intend i just started early and yep too many too too drug too soon too quick know? yeah <laughs> but but it is what it is but yeah that was i was 26 that's amazing what's been your weirdest like amends you've had to give in all this time um had to make amends to a guy who i smacked at a meeting, <laughs> at a meeting. that was weird uh, in the parking lot or in the that. room? Yeah, outside. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, across the street. I took my earrings off and was like, mm-hmm. we can have this conversation in a parking lot. To a man, when yeah. I first lived in L.A., I was like, you're not going to talk to me this way. I'm from so the country. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was probably the weirdest one. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would be it. That would, <laughs> how did he take it? He, it was okay. He was, um, 
it was it was actually funny because it came up years later. It was very funny. I was leading this meeting, and I was talk. He was in the room, and I was talking about the incident when I smacked this guy. And the the woman who was the secretary, she said, "You really smacked him?" She said, "I heard that story, but I thought it was an urban legend." It's urban <laughs> legend. Damn. That's so funny. So I was like, yeah, no, the legend is true. Oh I'm, my god! I'm gosh. sure if you listen closely, you can hear out. your fucking hands just smack them <laughs> in the That's... face. I would hate to get smacked. Once, like, once it becomes an urban legend, you're just smacking them forever through time. Yeah. That's. <laughs> like, if you guys don't know Alonzo, like he, he, his hands, he could palm a bowling ball. That's. <laughs> yeah, there's times when you need to smack shit out somebody. Amen. Wow, that's uh. The the how do you do this thing on a daily basis? Like, what's your what's your daily routine? Um, morning and and evening prayer. I have still have a regular home group that I usually make every week because of my travels and schedule yeah. and stuff like that. Have a few friends who I talk to. You know, I still have a sponsor, so I still it's the same thing. There's nothing new. See, yeah. this is yeah. the thing with sobriety, and this is what I think is really hard for people who relapse. Particularly people who relapse after a period of time. Yeah. There's nothing new. We don't have a new technique. We don't have, there's, you know what I mean? You, same thing. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. And it works. They taught me when I was new. They said, this is what you do and you'll stay sober. Go right? to meetings, they work said, steps, go to meetings, be of service. Pray, talk to another alcoholic, work your steps with a sponsor, etc. Like basics. Mm-hmm. Do that every day and you'll stay sober. Yeah. And, and it still works. So... So if somebody goes out after a period of time, it's kind of hard. It's like, yeah, man, we don't have something new. You got to try to do this again. And it's much harder. Yeah. Much mm-hmm. harder to come back and do it, I think. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's how I do it, you know. That's great. I heard a guy yesterday in my home group who was coming back after relapsing after 27 years. And it just wow. sounded like he could, he was just like, I don't know what to do. Well, it's much harder then because you have the fact that, yeah, I've been doing this for this many years and, and something went wrong. So there's that. There's the ego attached right. to losing yep. that much time. Mm-hmm. And you're lucky to make it back because those are the people who usually die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People who go out in their 20s and 30s. Because let me tell you something. My body couldn't handle the amount of cocaine I used to ingest. Yeah. You know, my head will say, do this much. If I try <laughs> yeah. to do it, my body will be like, my heart will explode and I'll die. And that happens. You mm-hmm. see it all the time. Um, it's happened to famous people, you yep. know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because you read in the press, like, they don't know. I don't know how it happened. And you're sitting there like, oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know exactly how it happened. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the thing. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep getting what you're getting. Yeah, that's great. No secrets. No it's secrets. All right there. No, it's pretty simple. You know, it's it's like they say, simple but not easy. Right. What is your relationship with your higher power like on a daily basis? We've talked I mean, a little bit. Generally, about it. pretty good. Um, sometimes I get my God can handle me getting mad at him. Um, my God has a sense of humor. Things happen that are just hilarious, yeah. you know, and I know he gets kick out of it. So it, it's like that. It's a, f- a fluid relationship. Um, my first sponsor, he had a great, he said, listen, there is a higher power and it's not you. And <laughs> yeah. he said, you know, if you got a problem with God, think of the problem he has with you. Mm. Stuff like that. And that, that made it more real. That's good. Mm-hmm. I have a uh, I have some friends that are newer. I found like comics would just come up to me. Alex was one of those comics where it was like mm-hmm. I was I was kind of known for being in the program, and I would walk around, and newer younger comics would be like, "Hey, just so you know, I just got clean or I just got sober," and I was like, "That's amazing! Congratulations!" Yeah. And it's always funny to like listen to the the phases of understanding what that higher power relationship is. I'm like, oh man, I was there. That's mm-hmm. the same thing of like, yeah. oh, wait a minute, I'm not God. I thought it was God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what the classic of somebody who's been around for a long, like 100 years, this podcast has flown because you're like, I got the answers right here. Yeah, we got this. So we're, well, oh, go there's ahead. There's no, you know, again, I talk about this in my pitch that it's just repetition. Yeah. It's repetition. It's it's really again. It's simple. If I've been doing this for twenty nine plus years, and you've been doing it for eight months, right? I know more about it. True. I'm not better than you. 
I've just, I've heard it. You know how many times, like, do you know how it works? Yeah. Because I've heard it a thousand times. (laughs) I've I've heard how it works, you know, however thousand, many thousand meetings I've been to in the past 29 years, I have heard how it works. So do I know how it works? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I got it. You not know, a mystery. And, and not doing it still can be tough, but but I certainly know it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that that's a lot of it. And I think they know that the people, you know, the early people in AA, they knew it because how much stuff do we say over and over to say they're like, man, they're alcoholics. You better repeat that. To say it again, yeah, they're, ooh, they're kind of stubborn. Well, they were—he was listening to his own head when you said it. So you better oh, say yeah. it again tomorrow. And, you know, that's—it's—it's a, it's a ton of repetition yeah. for those for those reasons. So yeah, it's—it's—it's it's, it's not a secret. You know, there there are white light moments. I'm one of the lucky people, right? Like I know when my miracle happened when at five it? years when I went on stage. Yeah. That was my miracle because I found something that I didn't know I had and blah, blah, blah. Wow. But but a lot of people don't know, but it happens over time. Yeah. And you see things change. People say you see the change in others and that reflects the change in you. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so you know, if you're, if you're new, the hardest part is to stick around. It's, it's much harder for a new person to believe this works because yeah. they don't have much experience with it working. Over mm-hmm. time, you get experience like, oh, yeah, I can get through this because I've been through this before. That's, you know, in my home groups, a men's stag, newcomer comes in with problems. We laugh our ass off. <laughs> we laugh our ass off. And we're like, yeah, you'll, you'll see why we're laughing. And right. then they get through it. And then someone else has a problem and then they laugh. Like, yeah, I remember that shit. God damn. Yeah. That was my first meeting. I thought it was gonna be this big emotional thing and everyone's gonna support. They were laughing at their they were just laughing their asses off because I, I yeah. fucked up a wedding. Yeah. Alex is still very much important to himself. I can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> when he finds out how little we give a shit, it would be just it's good. You, sh- you should be there. It's going to be tough on him when he finds out. I'll be there. really care. Oh, but there's, so there's a lot of Alex in Alex. And he, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was there when he did. He was texting me in real time as he ruined this wedding. Yeah, and no. I was like, all right, man. Why don't you call me when you're not drunk? Yeah, no, but it's still God's gift to women. Come on. You can't grab a butt at a wedding. What's wrong with you? <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, man. What is one thing you would like to uh, give away on this podcast as far as like somebody just like you or maybe to the that newcomer in your men's meeting who is, you know. Um, just breathe. You know, just breathe. Just show up. It's, it's tough to do that. That's the hardest thing. Yeah. My, my first sponsor said, you know what the first part of the first step is? Get off the couch. Can't do anything till you get off the couch. Got to get off the couch. Got to go to to, to do, walk through the. He was like, sometimes you got to make it that simple. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna walk to the door. I'm gonna go to the you know get to the meeting or whatever. But yeah, get off the couch. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there there used to be. Okay, this this I'll pull some old timer shit on you because yeah. these commercials they used to be the funniest thing. I remember them. <laughs> so about two in the morning, commercial come on. Up, oh, bars closed. You know, we're here, you know, then at 3 a.m. You still up? We're still here. And then 4 a.m. You can't get sleep, can you? Yeah. Thinking about it. Yeah. We're here. And it was this rehab thing. Mm-hmm. And they would do wow. that. Yeah. And, and it would go from like 2 to 5 a.m. And it would fuck with you. You're like, what? stop it. Like, yeah. what? You, what are you watching me? You know. Who are you? So, yeah, that was, but it was very effective. It was wow. very effective. So, yeah, to the new person, I, I wish you um, getting off the couch, starting your journey. And and as um, the Philadelphia 76ers, they, had, they have a ball player and his, Joel Embiid, and his thing is trust the process. You yeah. know, and that's what you got to do. You got to trust the process because you don't know that it works when you're new. Yeah. So you got to believe that we know it works and and you will see things that will be frustrating. You'll see people pulling up in very nice cars, people who have very nice homes. And it all looks impossible because you're not thinking how they've been doing it for years and you've been doing it for days. Mm -hmm. But but you so grab on to someone who's just ahead of you and follow them. 
you know, and and um, and whatever you do, don't listen to Alex. <laughs> <laughs> There's just not much growth there. Lot, lot of noise, but not much has really happened. So just, you know, you can watch him and you can laugh with him, but just don't actually listen to him because there's no, there's nothing there. <laughs> Thank, you. Is, uh, Thank you for the spanking. <laughs> I was just gonna say, it's nice to get from. I assume somebody who you go to meetings with a lot. It, it's uh-huh. nice to get the real deal. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, <I> know, right? <laughs> I've seen this type before. Yeah. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You, you have to understand there's old ladies in Orange County that'll do the exact same thing. Like, oh, no, Anna's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that was wonderful. Thank you so much for doing this. You're Alonzo. welcome. You're welcome. This is fantastic. Um, where can people find you? AlonzoBowden.com, B-O-D-D-E-N. Or you can just look up Comic Alonzo and you're going to get me or Cristela. Ah, the, you know, and now you'll get Christella before me. For a long time, I came up first. Now she comes up first, oh. so she took that over. Guys, everybody, go find Alonzo so he comes up first. Yeah, that's there right. And, and I could use Zo. <clears throat> excuse me, Zo Funny is my Instagram. Z o f u n n y, and I need followers there. Don't know why, but they just say you need more of them. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not like it actually works, but you know, yeah, selling our shows isn't more. enough these days. Well, no, you, you you know, you have to. Uh, they think you have to have the followers to sell out, the and shows. it really isn't no. true. There is some yeah. some people with a ton of followers sell tickets; others don't. Yeah. So, but but they want me to have more, and I could use a few sellouts. So, yeah. All right. Well, we'll both follow you. All right. Well, we, at least you got two. There you go. <laughs> so, all right, and Alex, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on all social media at Dapper Duong, D A P P E R D U O N G, and you can probably find me in a meeting this afternoon. Yeah, I heard you need it. Alonzo was saying you need it. Always. <laughs> hey, all I know is that I don't know nothing at all. There you go. Uh, I um, uh, you can find me at Anna V is Fun on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter at Twelve Questions Twelve uh, Q Pod, and uh, you can find all my show dates at AnnaValenzuela dot com. And if nobody's told you this today, Alonzo, uh, we love you. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. And and Alex, if nobody's told you this today, we love you. Hey, love you too. And or at least tolerate you. Yeah. We tolerate you. <laughs> I'm the plus one, I get it. <laughs> and uh, if you're listening to this and nobody's told you this today, we love you. Bye. Take care. Mm.